Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here with my fabulous co-host Tara Lee Weathers. That's me. Hey, everyone. Yay, and we are back here with you for another fascinating episode talking about health hugs and rock and roll with the greatest musicians out there as well as people behind the scenes. And Tara Lee, why don't you tell our listeners about what to expect from this episode? So this episode, we had the honor of interviewing the amazing Keller Williams and I always have a really hard time describing what his music is like because it's so unique and there's no one out there quite like him creating music quite like him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to read what it says on his website because I think it's totally perfect. So he says, definition, ADM, acoustic dance music, solo acoustic guitar and voice with every other song walking the line of electronica. If you need a title to file under, try Electro Hippie Acoustic Down Tempo. <laughs> what kind of definition is that? It's the kind of definition that will take you actually going to a show to decide for yourself. And I feel like that is so perfect and that when live music happens again, actually, he is playing a whole bunch of shows. So you yeah. there is opportunities depending on where you live to go see Keller Williams play. And if you live near him, you are and where he's playing, you're so lucky. Yeah. Um, and during this episode, we talked about a lot of things like how when live music was taken away in March, and everything shut down, how that was for him. And then also how like as a musician that you know, he's been touring for so long and working for so long and building up a a name for himself and, you know, an asking price for the amount of money he gets per show. And then all of a sudden, that's all gone. And then when it comes back, it's not like full capacity venues. So what that looks like and means for him. And I felt like that was that was a really interesting thing that I've thought about. But to hear exactly from him and how it was was really interesting to me. Yeah, it was a great opportunity to just see like, how is this affecting musicians out there as they, you know, were out of work for a while and now are transitioning back to work, but it's like half of half or less the capacity is what they may have been doing before. And also, you know, what he was doing in the meantime to make sure that he kept his mental and emotional and I would say spiritual state up and high. Uh, and he got pretty creative with that. And also his fans got creative with that. And he talks a little bit about how they were able to connect with each other and just like how this regular thing that he was doing virtually has kind of taken on a life of its own. And I love that. Yeah, I did too. And the thing that really struck me was that, I mean, before this, you couldn't get a live Keller show twice a week. Mm -hmm. And how streaming is something that actually like, is really important and is amazing because you can't like for some people in their lives, it's not like they can't access a show and to go there in real life. And so the streaming now is allowing them to have the live music come to them and be in their house. And it's actually a really cool and amazing thing. And he he created community and connectedness, even though people were all over the world on their computers, because they were like so excited that twice a week they got to have a Keller show. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really great to hear about, too. So I look forward to you guys listening to that part because it's really special. Yeah. And definitely listen to the whole thing and stay tuned to the end of his interview because I feel like he, he really gives us ideas and, and hope um, for a way that live music can come back. And it might not look the way that it did before. Hopefully it does. But also... There's so many of these like new and creative ways for music to happen. So listen to the end so you can hear that. Um, also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Groove Therapy Podcast, and become a part on Facebook of our community, which is the Groove Therapy Podcast community, because on there we'll be having conversations. We can talk about all the things that he talked about and dive deeper into all of those things in the community. So be sure to check that out. 
We're a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we'll be right back with Keller. And we're back. I'm Tara Lee, and Leah's here too. And we have a super special guest today, which we told you all about before, and that is Mr. Keller Williams. Welcome. Hey! hi oh my god hi (laughs) um so i know that everybody listening couldn't see what just happened but we just had a pretty epic dance party so how did you feel before and how do you feel now i'm definitely sweating now uh wasn't sweating before (laughs) but i do feel um surprisingly uh better um uh, I, I was a little under the weather mentally before uh, we got our podcast going, but then once I could see your faces, I started to uh, to feel better, and then that dance groove just put it over the top. So I think mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm ready for you now, ladies. Yes, you have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, one question I have been thinking about a lot is that sometimes, like, Keller and the Keels, and you have different things where you play with a band and with people, and then also you play by yourself and just acoustic guitar, and then also you play where you have your instrument friends and you're looping, and that's a whole thing. So I was just really curious of the dynamic and how each one feels different from the other. Well, um my you know adult life uh the most comfortable thing that i do on stage is play solo um you know there's hundreds of songs that i could choose from um some of which i probably should rehearse most of which i don't and just kind of go for it in any you know at any drop of a hat um <clears throat> the the keels that's definitely a vibe uh, like no other in the sense that it's uh it's very tight but yet loose in the sense that at anywhere we've been playing together so long at anywhere even though it's bluegrass it can kind of drop and go into some kind of uh, some kind of jam and uh, and we usually you know have a set list worked out uh, before we we meet um and then we'll maybe have 30 or 45 minutes to run arrangements in the back but most of most of the magic on stage it, it happens on stage you know with the keels and not it's very, very little that's, that was rehearsed. Uh, um, and then, you know, all the other bands, like there's several grass bands that are, you know, um, everyone kind of knows what we're doing and we run it before the show. But it's so it's so exciting to to be with other humans and uh, interacting in a way that <clears throat> is making other people happy at the same time. It's exciting for us because we didn't really practice that much. <laughs> and... Uh, 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 what but, is some of the reaction that you see that makes you happy? Um, well, um, a lot of the cover act stuff that I do, like I just finished up a year or two with uh, the Hillbenders called, uh, and it's called Pettygrass, obviously, all Tom Petty done bluegrass. And then the whole uh, Grateful Dead thing done bluegrass. For some reason, uh, it just, even if I didn't come anywhere close to writing those songs, uh, I, I get really happy just to have a bunch of people singing along at the same time. And that's kind of the reaction mostly is, is people just singing along and, uh, or at least moving their mouths. You know, I have in-ear monitors. Uh, and if I can hear you, then it's probably too loud, but I do <laughs> enjoy, I do enjoy, uh, the, the reaction that I get from these cover bands, um, that I play in that, uh, you know, where people are all on the same page. And even though this song might be totally done differently, you know, all the words to it. And, uh, and the reaction is always positive to have everyone singing the same song at the same time. And I like that. Yeah. Well, you have that at your solo shows too, that I've mm-hmm. been to. I mean, gate crashers suck. Everyone is definitely singing along to that song. That's right. That's right. That's a very, um, just sad kind of angry song but the melody is just so beautiful angelic um that i can't seem to get my my mother on board with that one even though even though you know i've tried to do it just to show her just the uh um you know the the crowd response and how people get into it but she she won't have it she hates it she can't stand it 
<laughs> so I'm sorry, you were continuing to talk about like how things are, are different with your uh, playing with other people and then also playing by yourself. And well, you, like a, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you mentioned that right now, like your favorite thing to do is to play solo by yourself. But then also you mentioned that you really love the response um, from the crowd when you're playing with other people too. I do. I, I do. It's uh, it's kind of a best of both worlds situation in the sense that, you know, if you play too long by yourself, you get bored and then it's great to bring in other folks. And this it same happens the other way too. You're uh, you play with other folks and around other dynamics and energies. Sometimes it's good to get back to, uh, you know, what I've done most, which is play solo. But, but each of them has a, a, an element that is, that is very uh, important in uh, my day-to-day mental health. <laughs> yeah. Could you describe both of those qualities? Like, because that's what we love to talk about is mental health sure. and like, you know, how, yeah. how we can mm-hmm. help raise that. Right. Um, well, um, playing solo, uh, like I said, there, there's no outside energies or, or, uh, dynamics to, um, to, you know, um, t- sometimes it, 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 it can be off-putting to have, if someone comes in, uh, that, that isn't quite prepared or isn't, um, you know, it's very rarely that I, that I would choose to play with someone like that, but, um, a, a lot of the, the bands I play with, you know, there's little to zero rehearsal, if not, you know, it will run stuff, like I said, backstage before the show. Um, and then, uh, so there's an element, uh, where you're being, um, there's all, there's, there's certain kind of songs that you're going to play with this particular band, you know? And so everything is kind of like, you know, where you go and you know what you're going to do, but there's an element that's, uh, that's unrehearsed where, things can go haywire and that's really exciting and i love love that and i love that energy and i love interacting uh with other folks and uh when i'm by myself you know it's it's all this it, it, there's no rules you know i can i can go to my set list which i work for hours on uh or i can deviate off of it you know and go uh with you know some kind of request that's being shouted at me angrily from the side <laughs> uh Whereas, you know, if you're with other folks, you, they might not necessarily know that song, but just, um, just the energy of the audience. Um, and even, even in this digital world that we're living in now, I've been playing, uh, twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, most, most Mondays and Wednesdays from my basements. Uh, we just did episode number 50, uh, on Wednesday. And, um, so even though there's not an actual energy interaction, uh, it definitely gives me a reason to play songs all the way through. <laughs> if there's no one listening, you know, I probably won't play songs all the way through. Uh, and that's positive. Um, and, uh, just having that, uh, that outlet to be able to play and have people, uh, listening and watching and responding, you know, uh, it's, it's really, really, really positive for me in my headspace. And I, I don't, I'm not really sure, um, how I would be without it. And <clears throat> that to me, you know, just screams, uh, you know, um, narcissistic, but, you know, I guess everyone kind of in that, in the, uh, in the music world in some way could, could have that element, but maybe, maybe it is, I don't know what it is, but I, I enjoy playing, uh, when, when people are listening and, and, and appreciating and, uh, and I've been doing that. So my now that we're getting back out on the road, it's you know slowly, very slowly, uh, my chops are are, are healthy, and I, I feel confident, which is which is good for for the headspace as well. Confidence. Yeah, for sure. Well, and there's such a reciprocal relationship in the live music experience, and so yeah. I would imagine if you're so used to that because you play live so often, and then to have that taken away, it's like. We need that, you know, we need to feel other people and, yeah. you know, whether it's through social support or if you're a musician and you're used to playing live, you're used to having that 
response and have somebody there. So I wouldn't say it's narcissistic. I think it's totally oh, normal. And, you know, I totally miss that too about, you know, being a receiver of live music. And there was like a, a big grief process that I went through not being able to see my favorite musicians where it was just like, I was just so used to that. Um, and then it was gone all of a sudden. So, yeah. Yeah, we definitely need each other. I mean, one of the like worst punishments when you're in jail is solitary confinement, where you're not around anyone at all. And so we need each other. So we're yeah. so happy that you play the music for us. And then you're happy that we want to be there and listen to the music that you're playing. And so it's, it's, it's a, definitely... It's a circle. It's it's uh, There's still groups of people in the world that want to hear you know musicians play instruments. It's as good. <laughs> it's positive. Like yeah. That. Yeah. We have a large group that listens to this podcast. So that's what, oh, good. That's what we're all about. <laughs> nice. yeah, what was, so you were talking about how sometimes when you're playing with people, things go haywire and then you just have to like figure it out. Can you rem- remember a time when it went haywire and what happened and just the music that came out of that time? Well, um, it's more like personalities, uh, that, that kind of um, rub, you know, cross. Uh, you know, so, sometimes that that doesn't really work out. If it's so, someone you you've never worked with before, who's not used to the festival scene or the run and gun of like put it together, and you know, um, then that can be that can be strange. I don't want to I don't want to say any names or anything, but there's there's um, there was one time I was playing with the keels that um, you know when you use an upright bass. Um, I guess we showed up where there just there, the uh, the time slots got changed, and we showed up thinking we had two and a half hours uh, before our set time, and then we were actually on in thirty minutes. So we're using this upright bass that you have to kind of put together since we fly with it, and um, you know halfway through the set, uh, Jenny Keel's uh, bass just kind of collapsed. You know the. Uh, the bridge that holds the strings is kind of folded in. And so there had to be some quick, uh, on stage surgery while, while Larry and I, um, improv, you know, um, there was, um, uh, yeah, there was like, uh, I, I want to say the, um, the winter, the winter festival that happens in, in Steamboat. We just played it, uh, also. And winter Wondergrass. Is that what winter it's Winter Wondergrass. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I guess we had some sit-ins, me and Keels, uh, and I had some sit-ins and, uh, I guess I got lost track of time and then we started into a song that we didn't really rehearse and it got, it just got really bad. And, uh, I only remember this because, <laughs> uh, Winter Wondergrass sent me a clip of video that they wanted to share and apparently the cameras got there late or something and that was the only clip they had and I had to. I had to deny it because that just kind of all brought back all these memories of like, you know, uh, when something's not going right on stage and there's a bunch of people in front of you and people are playing the wrong notes and stuff. It's, uh, it's, it can be frustrating. And then, you know, thanks to, uh, Lexapro, I can like channel that out and get rid of all that and not have it come back and, and just like, I'll just be like, Oh, remember that? Oh God, what, what happened? What's the matter with you? Oh, I was just remembering this thing from two years ago. Uh, and it, it was that video from Winter Wondergrass that they sent me trying to, to share it that, uh, that made that reminded me of, uh, so, you know, th- things, things can go terribly wrong. Uh, and that's, that, that's part of the excitement. And it's very, very, luckily, very few and far between, uh, as my age gets older and I'm, you know, choose, uh, who I work with, you know, um, but, uh, you never know when something's gonna, Something's going to get weird. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was in fifth grade and I was playing the flute in my, like in the school band and I dropped it and it rolled off the stage and then I just played air <laughs> flute. <laughs> ah, nice. nice. Yeah, I just played air flute the rest of the time. And that's something that a lot of people still remember. <laughs> wow. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. So you never know what's going to happen in a live performance, which is why that's it's right. like, it's so exciting for you why you probably keep doing it and why it's so exciting for us as fans to keep going and seeing it because you never know what's going to happen that's why like i don't go see like pop stars over and over because it's the same show 
over and over mm-hmm. again. I want to see yeah. music where it's changing and it's different and like what's going to happen. Right, right. I understand that. But on the other side of that, you go see someone like, you know, U2 or Coldplay okay. and that and those shows are just so amazing, even though, I mean, yes, you wouldn't want to go see two of those. Yeah. But, but wow, you know, uh, the production level on that level is something really interesting to see. And, um, with the pop stars, like I saw Justin Timberlake and the production on that mm, was incredible. And Ella yeah. John and Billy Joel. And I really nice. want to go see Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift, go, but of course, of you course. know, so but you, I want to go so to you, them one time. <laughs> you do, you do go see pop shows, but yeah, yeah but, but just but one same, time, but for the same reason. Yeah. Cause it's so, it's such a spectacle and it's so amazing. And, and yes, it, they definitely do the same show. But they couldn't do it as well if they did different songs, you know. Yeah, or if they didn't know what was happening next. That's right. That's right. Now, you give someone like Pearl Jam back in the day, I think they they changed up their set list a lot. Um, And that was probably on a huge level. Dave Matthews, that's another thing that, uh, you know, it's a huge act that probably doesn't stick to the same set list. Yeah, or Fish. I mean, they're playing really big places, right? That band, that (laughs) band, yeah. <laughs> yeah well what do you think makes like because you know you have played a lot in the in the more kind of jam band scene and and even noticed i mean a lot of your songs really talk about different aspects of it um so what do you think creates the magic of kind of the live music that us and our listeners like to go and see as opposed to these more poppy like large productions well, uh, in my case, uh, I feel that it's um, a connection like I am one of them. That's the way I look at it. You know, I'm kind of like a music lover first, you know, uh, musician second, songwriter, performer third. You know, I'm just I'm just kind of one of the audience members on stage and uh, especially solo. You know, it's kind of like the audience is part of the band in the sense, not in the sense of playing or singing, but kind of like, uh, being in on like the private jokes and stuff. If you're paying attention, there are the personal, like, like weird little jokes that people, uh, pick up on. Um, and, and that's that kind of interaction that I love. And that's, uh, kind of involving the audience in, in the show. Uh, not only with, you know, call and response type of stuff, but, just little, just little things uh, that they seem to pick up on the folks that are paying attention, which is, which is really cool to me. Yeah, it's almost like they're part of this secret society or something, where like they're, yeah. you know, only, you know, the the certain people know what's going on, and then that bonds you together because you all kind of pick up on it, and then it creates right. this level of intimacy that is not available in a large production where like yeah well especially now uh with the the covid restrictions the folks that are doing music now are are, you know at a very very low capacity which is really cool for me because i was i was doing you know just a couple hundred tickets back you know before covid and now uh, it's like, uh, maybe a hundred, maybe 150 that there's, there's, there's one big, um, show I'm doing in Richmond that actually sold a thousand tickets, but this is on, uh, the old, uh, Washington football team, uh, training ground, which is in Richmond, Virginia. And so it's like a football field. And then they have pods of like four to six to eight people in each pod at six feet apart. And then, you know, they were able to do like a thousand tickets, which is big. But, uh, normally it's like really small, like a hundred, a hundred shows. I mean, a hundred, uh, uh, people in a place that holds six, seven hundred, you know? And, uh, so I've been selling some shows out, <laughs> which is, which is great. Um, but again, you know, the financial side of that, it's like, you know, you're kind of starting over and it's a lot. Uh, less than, you know, what we need, but it's, it's positive to, to be starting it back up again and, and, uh, and to feel that human interaction again. So I'm, I'm super, super excited about it. Yeah. And people are just like starved for music too. And like when something you love is taken away from you for a 
a small amount or a long amount of time, it's like you appreciate it even more. So people are probably even like more present and there and with you because like it's like this could be taken away again at any time. So I need to like soak all of it up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's there's definitely an element of adrenaline and excitement that wasn't there before the epidemic, uh, the pandemic, you know? Yeah, I can imagine so. Um, well, Keller, I'm curious, you you mentioned that you're a music lover first. Like what, what turned you into a music lover? Was there, and yeah, tell us about an experience that you can remember that like really solidified that for you. Well, I think it started with uh, Hee Haw as a little kid. That's an old, old television show uh, that came on with uh, Buck Owens and Roy Clark, and they would, you know, it'd be like a kind of bluegrass, country and western type of thing. My parents would dial into. Uh, we live in Virginia, and there's a, there was a, a young girl that lived uh, close by that my parents knew her parents. And she was one of the girls that popped up out of the cornfield. You know, they tell tell a joke or something, you know, like, um, you know, well, you know, doing this thing called picking and grinning where Buck and Roy are sitting there going, nan, 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 He's like, ah, you know, when I was walking down this uh, railroad track with my friend the other day, sharing some, some uh, moonshine whiskey, and my friend said, you know, these steps are really easy, but the hand railing's too low. And then the girls would jump up out of the corner and go, Salut! Uh, so we knew one of them. So I guess, um, I guess it was that. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I just think from there, I mean, I was probably three or four years old and, and I would, um, I had a real guitar, uh, but I would use like, um, a hockey stick, you know, with a piece of twine, because it kind of looked more like an electric guitar, and the twine was kind of like the uh, the, the cable. You know, I had a little extra. Uh, I used the twine as a as a strap, and then you leave a little extra uh, for the cable, and it kind of you know rock back and forth to a. I think it was like the Kiss. I think it's my first record. I bought my own money destroyer by Kiss, uh, and uh, and that kind of went to the uh, the re- the real guitar where I took lessons when I was ten. Uh, but I was holding it with my, uh, like I was holding it like a left hand guitar player because I'm right handed and it was easier to hold the guitar without a, you know, without a strap with my right hand. So once I got into lessons, I had to turn it around and it was just totally foreign to me. So it took a long time. It probably wasn't until I was about 13 that I learned my first chords from my friend and then got a gig at 16. But I think there was just like, it was always, it was always just, you know, I, I did, uh, a church choir, you know, when as long back as I can remember. And I, I did like children's music theater. Um, and it was in, you know, uh, school plays and stuff. So was familiar with the stage. And, uh, I actually majored in, uh, in theater for the couple of years that I went to college. But you know, the main thing I learned from that was I didn't, you know, want to be in that field. But yet with what I do is I could be on stage doing my own thing, you know, and uh, but I think it started, you know, long, short answers started with hee haw. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun to remember that I haven't thought about hee haw in a long time, but you brought it right back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take it and granted. Yeah. Well, and what about like, as a live music fan, do you remember a specific experience like watching music as a fan that was live that, I don't know, had a particular, like, made an impression on you that you could describe? Yeah, uh, I, I would say it was more of the local and, and now in the uh, in, in the 80s and 90s and, and still probably in some pockets of the, of the country now, there, it was very normal to have solo acoustic guys sitting in the corner, you know, playing songs. And uh, at a young age, you know, I would notice these guys just playing these songs and no one's really paying attention to them. And, you know, I was thinking, yeah, they're probably making a little bit of money, getting some free food. And so it's kind of, those are the guys where my main influence was. A lot lot of local guys, you know, I was lucky enough um, to take a couple of Colorado ski vacations with my, with my parents when I was in my, in my teens. And, uh, just watching all those guys, um, 
in, in the restaurants and, and the bars, you know, it's like, uh, that, I think that was my main influence, you know, when I was thinking, uh, once I started really, you know, in my early twenties, you know, um, I would take these, um, uh, temporary construction gigs, you know, working with, uh, uh, with a temporary labor agent and then going and, you know, doing this back breaking work for eight hours, you know, in the, in the mid eighties when the, who knows the, uh, um, minimum wage was probably, you know, three fifty four dollars And then, uh, having a gig later on where I could sit on a stool and play a bunch of covers and make almost the same thing. I was like, that's kind of, I think, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Uh, just kind of like trying to find a way to make money without working. <laughs> my inspiration, you know? Yeah. What do, what do they say? Like if you, if you love what you do, your job is never a job or something like that. I don't remember right. it. I don't no, remember right. exactly, that, but that's right. That's right. If, if you love what you do, it's, you're not really working, you know, it's, it's, and, um, a lot of people say, Hey, you work hard. You really work hard. Oh, back, back when I was working, I've been, you know, on vacation since March, but, um, um, people would say, you really work hard. And it's like, you know, what I do, I do for free. And what I get paid for is to, you know, rock the middle seat. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then it's like interesting because you said that you haven't worked since March, but you've been, you played 50 shows in your cellar since March. So you have been. Well, it doesn't count. That doesn't count as work. That's me going down to my basement and playing a bunch of songs. And and by the way, I I very rarely wrote a set list for that, other than because uh, it's all like uh, request based. And uh, and people, we yeah, just stage it dot com. It's five bucks to get in, and 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 you know, as soon as the show is announced, whatever, people can go on into that show and start commenting and start uh, you know writing requests and stuff. So there's always just a whole list of requests that I can choose from and, and not really even think about it. So that's awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. And there's that like connection with the fans and other people that you can feel that's tangible. Um, yeah, it's uh, this, this thing that's been happening with this quarantine with the show that I've done. I've talked to uh, Tara Lee and Reed about this as well, but it's uh, it's a community that uh, has formed uh through this live stream that I've been doing. It's really, really positive. Um, a lot of folks have never met each other all around the country and, and, uh, uh, they, they chat with each other and they have like their own little Facebook page and, and they, they're so cool. They made, uh, they made this eye book, uh, for me of, of, uh, all the week. They're called the seller dwellers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, they made a book for me of, of uh, separate dwellers in their natural habitat watching the stream. And it's, it's mm-hmm. really cool to put a stage name with a face, you know, <laughs> that's, so- uh, it's, 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 it's been really positive, really positive. And, and, uh, I think a lot of good friendships have been made out of it, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds like that's definitely one of your like geniuses is like bringing people into an experience and having them feel a part of it. And so you like, you didn't even name them the cellar dwellers. They named that <laughs> them themselves and at your show is like we, everyone's singing along, you might, know, we might've had a little help in that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's definitely a, a, it's very a positive thing. And I'm very lucky to have these folks that, that hang out with me on this journey. Yeah, that's so sweet. I got goosebumps when you were describing that. Just like, (laughs) it's so amazing. I mean, that seems to be a theme that's coming up, like just the, the such deep relationships and friendships that come out of music that's being made. And, you know, Zach, Zach Gill was talking about that when we interviewed him a few episodes back about like, just, you know, sometimes he would think that it was like all about the music but then like everybody's having their own experience and they're all coming in and then they're, they're gathering and they're meeting people. And then like they meet up after and, you know, between shows. And like you said, they've created their own Facebook community and they may not have ever met if you hadn't been doing these sessions in your, in your basement. And so how beautiful to be able to bring the people together. And then they just kind of took it off and now, and now they got to give you something back. So you gave to them and then they gave back to you. And it's that's just right. like this giving that's, and receiving. That's, that's exactly right. And, 
not only did they give me the book, but they also gave me, you know, $5 twice a week, (laughs) 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 which has, uh, has helped uh, immensely with, uh, with the lack of income. Uh, but yeah, sometimes, uh, locally, uh, music can just be an excuse, you know, to kind of go and, and, and hang with feet with people, you know, and, uh, and next thing you know, you're, you're into that music, you know, and, uh, um, like, you know, for example, Grateful Dead, um, you know, for years there would be, you know, thousands and thousands of people in the parking lot without tickets, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of the scene, uh, and not necessarily the music, um, which can happen as well, you know, and I don't think there's, there's too many bands, uh, like them or fish where, where people go without the tickets, you know, but, uh, that's a pretty interesting concept, you know. To have a whole culture wrapped around, uh, with a lot of people having no attention, intention going in. And, uh, especially Grateful Dead, dude, there's so much music in the parking lot anyway. If you, you know, not only coming through the speakers, but also being played, you know, in little circles. You know, I used to, I used to wander looking for, looking for circles of musicians and join in. And that was always exciting too. But sometimes, you know, you have to like kind of sit, sit back and listen and watch and kind of judge whether you want to join that circle or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some were, some were a mess, but others were, were positive, you know? Yeah. Well, I think like what we've talked about this in past episodes too, is that everybody's just looking for somewhere to belong and this live music scene, like we're all kind of weirdos. And so it's a place where like we actually belong and we can be whoever we are. And it's like celebrated. Like I can dress as crazy as I want and dance as crazy as I want. And people are like, yeah, you go. Like they're not, you know, they're not trying to make you feel bad or something. It's a place where you belong and connect. And um, it's really beautiful and really, really important for the health of our planet to like have people have places where they belong and feel safe and okay, especially now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And also, you know, kind of going without any agenda too, which was also something we've talked about, you know, like when you were talking Keller about people who showing up without, it's like, well, I just know I want to be here, but I don't even really have any kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to show up and we'll see. And of course, that was pre-cell phones. So, you know, I feel like, I don't know, that kind of added like a another level of like always needing to know information and what's happening and like how you're going to get in touch with people and all of that thing. Like before then, it was right. like you just yeah. kind of wander around and hopefully you meet up with your friends and, you know. And there's like that level of um, magic that is able to happen, like coincidences that happen and and things. I don't know. There's just like when you open it up to possibilities, that's where the magic can bubble up from. Kind of like we were talking about with Reed. Yeah, we had to go right. to message boards to be able to find our friends. Do you remember those? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not exactly like the right. online message board, like uh-huh. the real message board that's no. like, Hey, yeah. my tent is in this area in the mud to the left of the tree. And like somehow yeah. you would find your friend. Rainbow, meet Maple <laughs> at the soundboard at set break. Yeah, you have yeah. to use like markers, like a statue right. or a tree right. or the soundboard. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, and then if you didn't see Rainbow all weekend, you weren't freaking out about it. You found Rainbow <laughs> on Sunday when you were about to leave. Where were you? I waited for the whole second set. I left the drums. I had to pee. (laughs) Like, and then I fell in love in the porta potty line, and the rest is history. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She was gone. She was gone when I got back, though. Yeah, that was. uh, My heart was broken. So, but that's added added to the story. Yeah, and I love how you put those stories to music. It's so fun and like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Well, what else feels important to say or talk about about live music? Any other thoughts or comments or questions? Uh, Let's see. Um, Just uh, I think people need to be creative right now, Um, and kind of uh seek out your own large open space 
and try to make live music continue, but adhering to, you know, the protocols of what's happening right now. It's so easy, uh, if you look at like, you know, college campuses, you know, that, that the ones that are still acting, you know, um, are active, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of disregard for what's happening. But, uh, the reason, the only reason I'm, I'm able to do shows now is that people with the access to these venues are taking it seriously and having, you know, these pods and bubbles and people spread out. It's totally different. It's totally, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's different. It's completely different. But if you go with the right people and you surround yourself with the right people, you know, you could grab a glimpse of, of positivity, you know, at these types of shows. And if you're like, if you're listening in, uh, some kind of rural place where, you know, that doesn't have, uh, shows like this, you know, then, then do something about it. Um, talk to your neighbor with the, with the big open field, you know, have it mowed, make, make so people can park, uh, have a show. Keep live music going. It's kind of it's kind of up to the people with the space to be able to pull it off, and and also it, it takes you know cooperation from the people in attendance as well. You know there was uh, there was this uh, this show with was it the Chainsmokers in uh, yeah. in in Hampton in the Hamptons. I think we talked about this before, where uh, uh, they they did pods and social distance drive-in. I think you're supposed to stay by your car. And then it turned out where everyone just kind of grew, you know, gathered asses to elbows like normal up around the stage. And then the governor cut off all drive-ins in which I had like four books and that, that had to go. But, you know, I could have gone there had I gone there two weeks early in quarantine or paid a $2,000 fine if I didn't. And I tried to get the promoters to pay it, uh, but they wouldn't. Uh, so, um, it's again, it's a cooperation, you know, from the people coming and mainly, you know, just resources, including, including land that ha have open spaces where people can, can spread out and still share the experience that, you know, we all need, or at least all the people listening need. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. And like here in Vermont, everyone's really like taking the rules seriously and we barely have any cases at all right now and there's a lot of like creative live music things happening um, and it's really exciting and right. people are being really creative and innovative and coming up with ways that it can still happen so that's really great advice that and if it's not in your area like figure out how you can do it like maybe it's on the roof of your apartment building or like i don't know exactly exactly yeah and uh uh you know um Gathering other resources too, people going in on it. You know, uh, you don't have to do it by yourself. It's just, you know, trying to create experiences, not necessarily, you know, work or m money for musicians, but, but create experience and keep the live music going. Cause God knows we need it. I, it's like oxygen to me and I can't live without it. And, uh, if I'm not watching some series, binge watching, which, I've gotten into since March. I'm either listening to music or, or playing music. There's, you know, I just got a new guitar. So it's just, I very rarely let it, new guitars leave my sight. And it's kind of, um, kind of annoying to my family sometimes. You know, the dinner's over and everyone's just kind of sitting around just all of a sudden like, uh, so I have, to, I have to have it. And, and, uh, I, I really wish, you know, I should probably, you know, practice what I preach and, and, and try and do some stuff around here because Fredericksburg, Virginia is a very, uh, historic town, but not very, uh, hip on the, on the, um, social distancing live shows. You know, I'm definitely doing a bunch in Virginia, but they're all in, in other places. So I should probably practice what I preach. I am, I'm inspired. Uh, all right. All right. Well, that's your challenge. We're going to hold you accountable for that. Yeah, Thank let you. us know so that we can let other people know and spread the word. Nice, and, nice. Yeah, well, I can't. I, I probably it'd probably be such a speakeasy because yeah. you know you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to like uh, you know you don't you just don't want to. Yeah, I hear that. 
Okay. And we'll we'll, have, we'll yeah. hold you accountable without saying a word. Yeah, we won't tell okay, anyone good. where it is, and they have to know the secret <laughs> dance <Nah>. and the <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, That's and the right. Knock. That's right. That's right. It'll be it'll be, it'll be uh, it'll be quiet, but it'll be public. It'll be quiet, but it'll be public. <laughs> and I'll be behind my wife's back because she doesn't want me to do it at all, but. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it secretly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the beauty about too, like having all of this opportunity to bring this outdoors, is that then you can have the opportunity to see these double, triple rainbows and like these amazing wow. experiences. I love an outdoor show where like I went to a festival last year and it was a full moon and it was outside in this barn and like my favorite song that the band was playing, the full moon began to rise like behind the band over their heads. And we all started howling and it was just like the most amazing experience. And so it's like nature gets to create that magic with us. Um, so I love it. It's opportunities love, for that. I love it. I love it. What a good story. I love full moons and I love rainbows. Full <laughs> moons and rainbows. <laughs> right, right, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Mont Blue is, um, he's definitely, uh, worthy of a rainbow before his show, I think. Yeah, I don't think positive. anyone knows what we're talking about because we talked about that before we were recording. So, oh, um, oh, oh, well, right? well go I ahead, think... go ahead, go ahead and, 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 and save me on that one then. <laughs> Yeah, well, this was a, a creative show that happened, and it was at the Sailing Center, and it was a flotilla, so you just had to come in anything that floats, and I happened to live on a boat, so I brought my boat over there, and then right before Ryan Montblou went on, there was like a triple rainbow all the way across the sky, and it was so amazing and special and magical. I would have danced on my paddleboard. I would have loved I... to have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be in a speedo, or would your? <laughs> no, 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 no. I would not be in a speedo. I am not uh, that proud of my body. No, I'd, I'd, I'd have a sun shirt on that's extra large, and uh, and a big wide brim hat, and some sunglasses. Yeah, maybe it'd be one of those sun shirts that has the airbrushed picture of the body on it. I have one of those. I wore it for oh. our renaming party <laughs> nice nice that's like what that. i was I like picturing yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. no i i uh i got ryan ryan stasic pony from uh uh umphreys uh, mcgee I, I started a fund uh to get him to wear a mankini on stage when we did a gig in, in jamaica and uh we didn't get to the number he wanted but he did it anyway and uh i can't, can't really apologize enough to him <laughs> but he pulled he pulled it off he pulled it off he's he's a handsome uh, uh thin sexy man so he was able to pull it off no problem oh yeah i love like his like christmas card with his wife mary the pictures are they're so good and i think he's wearing like a jean speedo <laughs> situation nice <laughs> nice nice obviously you're way better friends with him than i am you get a you get a christmas card but no, he, they posted you, it on social media. Oh, oh for, I was for say, anyone you, I was, to see. I was going to say, you win, you win. <laughs> I think you still win that friendship, <laughs> since it's a competition. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, I think we covered all the things. I mean, yeah, I know there's well, always more things, but we covered a lot of things. Oh, good. Good. Um, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I think uh, music uh, is definitely helping a lot of people in these weird times, and I think you guys are are doing a beautiful thing. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank we you. We could for... say the same about you. Definitely. Yay! Woo! We're all winners. Yay! Yeah. And our <laughs> listeners too. Yay! Yes. <laughs> we all win. <laughs> all right. So. We'll be right back. Thanks, Geller. My pleasure. Well, that was a really fun interview. Keller Williams, he's just so entertaining, like as a human being, like, of course, with his music. But I mean, that's also why his music is so great, because it's just a reflection of of the interesting person that he is. And 
Like, I just laughed so many times <laughs> during that interview. Yeah, he's he's so funny. And it really started from the beginning, you know, even before we started recording the interview when we were doing the dance break. That just made me smile so hard. So I can't wait for you guys to see a video of that. Uh, check Definitely check it out on our social platforms, uh, Groove Therapy Podcast on Instagram and the Facebook group of Groove Therapy Podcast Community. Yeah, he just makes everything more fun. I mean, we always have fun with our dance parties, but that one was like next level fun because he was just committed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, you know, you could tell that he really thinks about things like outside of the box, you know, in like a really uh, different kind of way and how to, yeah, make everything more fun. And we definitely need more fun in our life. Yes, absolutely. And so there were so many interesting things that he talked about. And I know that you have something up your sleeve <laughs> for a, our next special section. Yeah, I do. So for the... Did you know? I wanted to highlight something that we didn't really dive too deeply into in the episode or in the interview, but it just, it stuck out to me and I wanted to highlight it for the did you know section. So... Within live music, I have certainly had this experience for myself, and I'm sure you guys have as well. And the people that I interviewed for my dissertation research did too, where it's like all of a sudden in live music, there's opportunities for coincidences and synchronicities to occur. And, you know, I feel like they're out there all the time and happening all the time. And I, I don't know what it is about live music that makes it more available to receive. Maybe it is that like we're just more in a relaxed state. Um, I really also think that the the fact that time and space really do meld and blend and that has been recorded in research that that happens during live music. And I also just intuitively feel like it's something with the vibrations that are like... I don't know, kind of melding that time and space. And I haven't found anything in the research to support that, but that's just something that I feel intuitively is true. Um, but definitely people will report that, you know, oh my gosh, I was thinking of this person. And then like right after that, I saw them or, and I mentioned this in the interview, like pre cell phones, it seemed like there would be all of this opportunity for meeting up with exactly who you needed to meet up with at just the right time. And, you know, without even a plan, it's just like you're thinking of this person that you haven't seen in forever. And then, oh my gosh, you see them. And actually, I was going to share another experience, but this one just popped into my mind. So last year at Fish at Dick's, I was with a group of women and one of them really wanted to hear Drift While Sleeping. And it was like her, her new favorite song and she really wanted to hear it. And so they played it as the, um, I can't remember what night it was, but one of the nights they played it right before set break. So it was the last song in the first set. And it was, oh my gosh, so magical, such a magical experience for me. It was just like the perfect thing to hear right then. And of course, I was thinking of my friend the whole time they were playing it and she wasn't with me. She had gone somewhere else in the venue and so I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I really want to see her. And I really want to tell her like how amazing that was. And during set break, I decided to walk around the stage, which is like not a play, you know. Anyway, I saw her. I passed her like right at that time. And I was just like, oh my gosh, Kristen, this was amazing. And I wanted to tell you about this. And I even remember thinking like, I, I, probably won't see Kristen during set break because I don't know where she is. And, you know, we're probably, it's a huge venue, but all of a sudden I did find her and I ran into her and I got to tell her how amazing it was for me to hear that song at that time. And it was so great for us to share that experience with. So I know you guys have had experiences like that and I want you to share them with us so that we can collect all of this data from you guys to show that this happens during live music. Yes. And you can share that in the Facebook community um, on, yeah, on Facebook, <laughs> Group Therapy Podcast Community, <laughs> the Facebook community on Facebook. Imagine that. Um, so for my section, 
Daily Jam. I'm going to give you something that you can do to notice all of these synchronicities that happen in your daily life all the time. And they're happening all the time, whether you notice them or not. But there's something really interesting that happens when you do start paying attention to them that more and more of them seem to happen. And I'm sure there's research out there that proves that to be true. Um, I know from my own life that that is true. And I have a saying about it where um, when something like that happens, like I'm thinking of somebody and all of a sudden they'll call me. Instead of saying, that's so crazy, I can't believe that happened, I say, magic is normal and I'm so grateful. And the reason why I, I like to think that way is because I don't want the universe or or whatever it is that you believe in to think that I think it's crazy that they're capable of something so amazing. So instead of that being crazy, that's normal. And they're like, yeah, of course, because you are amazing and my life is amazing and you're bringing amazing things to my life, of course. And I'm so grateful. Um, so living, by the way, magic is normal and I'm so grateful has really shifted and changed my life. So for the Daily Jam this week, one day I want you to pick it as your magic is normal day and that you're so grateful. And so you're going to consciously pay attention to all of the synchronicities and signs that come up and magical moments that happen throughout the day. And you can either on your phone or if you have a notebook, as they're happening, you can write them down. Or if it feels better for you, because it is really important to stay in that flow state, is at night, get your journal out and write down all of those magical synchronicities that happened throughout the day. So you can see them like in print in front of you and that they're real and they happened and it's true and life is this amazing and magic is normal and you're so grateful. Yes, I love that. I love that. And you're right. I mean, when we when we shift our attention to something like that, it does uh, you know, offer the ability for it to continue to happen and it reminds me of gratitude. You know, there's a lot of talk about gratitude and how important it is and how do you cultivate gratitude? Well, you pay attention to what you're grateful for. And so how do you c- cultivate more magic in your life? You pay attention to what's happening, those synchronicities and those coincidences, and then they'll continue happening even more. And you've experienced that in your life, and I've experienced that in my life, and I know you guys have as well, which is just another reason why live music is so important, because it gives us the opportunity to remember that, and you can also remember it in your everyday life too. Yeah, because it's definitely like you said that, you know, the vibration and that you're relaxed and you're in your happy place. And also what we talked about in the episode with Reed Mathis, that you feel safe in this experience. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are conspiring for you to have this like amazing thing with all the synchronicities and the signs. But there's no reason why you can't also experience that at home when maybe it's a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. But the more you practice this and, and do it, that becomes your normal. Yes. That's right. And that's how you take a trait into a state or a state into a trait. Sorry. So like a state is kind of like a fleeting state, right? But then how do you make it a trait, which is something that is just happening for you all the time? So that's how you do that. Yay. Well, there you have it. So be sure to share your list of all the amazing things that happened to you on your adventure in the Facebook community, which is the Groove Therapy Podcast community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Groove Therapy Podcast. And we're so happy that you are here and listening to our podcast and supporting. Please leave a review and subscribe to us. Tell all of your friends. Um, we're also a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, so you should check out all of the other podcasts that are available available at Osiris Pod. They're amazing. And yeah. Yeah. And you can find the place to leave a review at Apple Podcast. And you can also follow us on Spotify. And we're working on coming on to Amazon Music for podcasts too. So we'll let you guys know when that's available as well. Yeah, we might even be there now by the time you listen to it. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. <laughs> Woo. All right, everyone. We love you so much and we'll see you for our next episode. Yay. Bye, everybody. Hey, Leah, I'm so excited because we have this really cool event coming up with a past guest. Tell everyone what it is. Yay. I can't wait either. It is our Groove Therapy Cocktail Yoga Walkabout with Mr. Zach Gill 
and it's happening on October 17th at 2.45 p.m. Pacific Time. Or 5.45 Eastern Time. And if you would like to join, head over to our Facebook community at Groove Therapy Podcast Community, and all the information will be there. And we'll also be sharing on our Instagram page, Groove Therapy Podcast. So we hope to see you on Saturday.